welcome to today's episode number 18 of We Were Just Thinking. I'm Shaylin. And I'm Melena. We're here to rant, be better, tell you what we're into, think, show gratitude, and send you off with a thought to ponder. Thanks for listening wherever you found us. We're glad to have you. Please keep sharing us with friends so we can keep growing. And we're also on Facebook, so come be our friend. I'm going to start our rant off this week with the sham of high expectations. I'm so excited about this rant. (laughs) Even though I'm a teacher, I, I have listed that I definitely think it applies to parents and also Um, even if you're an aunt or an uncle or, you know, you have family children or, you know, something like that, or if you work with children in another capacity. Um, so it's just interesting to me that like schools and people all over seem to talk about having these high expectations, but, um, very few live it. And I came across this article from smart classroom management, which is led by Michael Linson. And it referred to how specifically student behavior is where these expectations are stated but not followed through with. And I follow a lot of his principles regarding like school culture and classroom management. And it's been very successful in years past. Um, And it's also created a classroom culture um, for me each year that I really enjoy. I mean, I always have, you know, the oddball kid that just it doesn't work for kind of thing but Mm -hmm. as a whole it's really effective and um if you're not a teacher but like I said you have other kids in your life then this could still work for you too but I was just reading about this and I kept saying aloud oh my gosh so true because we now live in a culture and even a society where it seems like it's we're no longer comfortable with giving consequences or and we always focus on making people feel good at any cost And we even reward people for barely doing anything, which doesn't allow us to become intrinsically motivated, which is important for children. There can't always be a tangible reward. And that's why a lot of adults feel let down is because you no longer get the sticker if you're good at the dentist, you know, like it's just something that dissipates. But um, when people fall short of the set expectation, that's of course been taught and, you know, shared openly that everybody's aware of, you can't expect people to follow you know, expectations if you don't tell them what they are. Um, but like timeout, I use timeout as my second consequence, but it's almost a naughty word now. And all the focus on this positive behavior support rather than accountability. And I don't think you have to necessarily have a consequence for accountability, but I do feel like there are some children who, um, don't really know what consequences are and they don't behave in a certain way because they don't know what might happen if they don't. And this can lead to really unsafe behavior as well. Um, Amen. So when kids screw up or people in the workforce, even like admin parents, so societal authoritative figures, they're no longer in a position to do their jobs, which allows the troublemakers free to roam, like harassing people or cursing out loud. Even in school that happens acting violently. And they even feel more emboldened to do whatever they were doing because there's no consequence. And some of this even plays out with law enforcement, which is why I think about it being a big deal, you know, for everybody is I never support acting aggressively without reason. It's, it's expected by most that, you know, law enforcement's there to protect us. But these days there's a lot of ways that they're not able to do so due to the stigma that's out there right now. And it's a scary time to teach children when this is what society that they live in paints as normal. And most students, even in elementary school, just don't have a structure, especially like what we would refer to as, you know, children who don't respond to these types of 
approaches um, or even boundaries and they're constantly acting out partly because they don't know what to expect. And um, I personally feel boundaries and norms are something students and children really desire. And I've read a lot of research that supports that as well. Um, and even when I enforce them with family member kids, you know, I get a lot of interesting looks, but I use them in my classroom and my students that are most likely to be aggressive or act out actually treat others more nicely and follow the guidelines of the classroom. And it's not about like, I know people are going to be like, well, they just want people to conform, but no, it's not about being a robot or conforming. The fact that you even have to like preface this with any kind of, I feel like even the way you're saying it is a little bit like, here's why this is true when... It, it just is. Like, it's so sad. Right. But that's not, I mean, it's obviously not digested by people who need to know no, it. No, that's or what I'm it saying. You know, like, it wouldn't be such a prevalent issue in the schools. I know. I, it's or even such in society. It's problem. not just kids in school. But It I, just makes me sad to, like, hear you having to defend what we know is good. Well, yeah. And I think about, like, when I taught in high school, like, I, I was teaching incarcerated youth um, when I was in high school or when I taught high school and it was kind of interesting because I feel like some of these kids that I have that are little kids now, a lot of these things are what led those older children to be engaged in those behaviors and then end up incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And that's even as a juvenile. Mm -hmm. So we obviously have to take action. Well, and if you've ever experienced a lack of boundaries when you needed them, then you would understand like when you needed somebody to teach you what to do and no one was there to do it and you felt right. like like you lost something you would get it like yeah it matters like if 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 uh if you had a parent of a 10-year-old who was letting them get drunk and you know snort cocaine yeah people you would, would be, be like, outraged yeah but we're moving in that direction though you know well, yeah i like, mean if you're letting decisions your iphone are... raise your child then that's, that's where you're headed yeah and 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 it's you know, letting kids be violent and mean and not saying, hey, that's not nice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they shouldn't feel good when they're nasty to somebody else. Well, I even see kids being violent and aggressive towards their parents. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people argue, well, the, those kids have had trauma. Or, yeah, and of course there's always, you know, exceptions to the rule. And those children can still be held accountable. They just need a different skill set to do so. Mm -hmm. And they have to have a different set of expectations. Well, and I feel like I've seen kids who, yes, they've had trauma and they act out. But I feel like I have also interacted with multiple students who are violent simply because of a lack of boundaries. Not sure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they've... I'm not talking about the extreme cases. I mean, obviously stuff like that's very important but it just seems like we need to be providing a structure that allows everybody to be safe mm -hmm. and learn and enjoy school without giving the jerk which is what I'm going to call them the power to ruin it mm -hmm. and by showing the jerk that there's a better more effective way to get the attention they need mm -hmm. and I also say jerk despite trauma because like I said everybody has a background everybody has some sort of trauma and sometimes it manifests in different ways but a child will always struggle to ask for help despite where they come from mm -hmm. until an adult steps up and teaches them how to act yes. and how to ask for it appropriately. Yes, and if a kid's acting out, that's our responsibility to step in, in my mind. I think not a lot of people like, don't notice that, though. The, the, I think they, they, they tell themselves, like, oh, this poor kid. But, like, yes, they're struggling. How are you going to help? Right. You know, making excuses for bad behavior is not helping them. Teaching them an alternate way is helpful. And then holding them accountable for that. Like, listen, if you choose to do that again, now that you do know, 
there's going to be a consequence and it's you're the one that's going to be unpleasant for not everybody else anymore mm-hmm. and and i feel like we need to do that with adults too like i could go on about this forever but well I, and that's why i think it is a reason but it's not an excuse and this should be a parent's responsibility but i'm finding year after year that it's now mine since i'm with them most of the day for most of the year and i do accept the responsibility but i wish parents and members of society and members of families attempted to be a role model Um, And even if you don't have kids or you don't have kids in your life, you can still be a role model because you know what it was like when you were growing up, Mm -hmm. Um, especially certain demographics that, you know, need role models. And those are, you know, proven by research that if you're attempting to be a role model, then someone is seeing you. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's tough because it seems that a lot of people in society are not aware that they're being watched by children, but they just definitely are. Yeah, because even in public, like they see behaviors they're modeling things and I, you know I know parents always think that we think it's happening at home but if, if they could be seeing it lots of different places sure and it doesn't really matter like the responsibility is to teach them a better way not to be like well it wasn't me you know it's like who cares like let's just fix it or I even hear kids a lot say well they're doing it And I know, like, my parents used to say, well, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? And now you can't say that because, you know, people are doing that. But it's like that role model expectation has to be there and it has to be consistent across planes. Like that a child needs that sort of rearing Mm -hmm. in their life. And it doesn't necessarily matter who's teaching it to them, but it needs to be a collective effort. So it kind of goes back to that saying it takes a village because yeah. it really does we have know? some responsibility here that's yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's, it's just important yeah and what i you know when i was reading your notes about this the same thing was bothering me um i feel like we see in the classroom that same problem but it's more like a microcosm of what's going on in the greater world it's I, i've read several articles from the new york times and the washington post about uh, this idea that mental health is the cause of mass shootings and it's not, you know, right. it's, it's a stigma. It's a cop out. I think, um, accountability is the issue. It's like you brought up law enforcement, but people are not supposed to feel good about hurting other people. We're supposed no. to hold each other accountable. Like there's a time and a place to be like, you just called somebody stupid and kicked them while they were down. You should feel bad about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, um, and that's just what popped up in my mind. Cause my family, you know, is predominantly law enforcement or military, you know, have been, and then, you know, public service, like firemen and things like that. But I think, like, the the people doing the national... You should be afraid to shoot a bunch of people in a public setting. Like, that should, that should not be something that you're like, oh, let me go do this. And And we're... I feel like people are so obsessed with, like, making that person feel good and like rehabilitated or whatever but like that doesn't make them feel better and I feel like it's so ironic the whole like make somebody feel good that's struggling because they're not feeling good we're not helping them no but then we're also allowing them to spread a bunch of hurt that's going unhealed too it's like there should there's gonna be some messiness in setting a boundary and holding it it doesn't feel good it's like you know, I liken it to when you eat a salad when you'd really have French, rather have French fries, or when you <laughs> get up and go for a run when you'd rather sleep. Like, instant gratification is not everything, and and it has huge consequences for our culture if we're like, 
know, we don't want that person to feel bad when they just punched three other people in the face for no good reason. They should feel bad. They yeah. should feel like, ooh, I screwed up. And that's what's the most scary for me is there's not this feeling of remorse. Like we even have young children that don't feel remorseful when they do really, really scary things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a reflection of society. Yes. And that's scary. And a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, this is a dumb topic. And I'm like, yeah, you obviously don't have children in your life. You know, like that. If you think it's a dumb topic, like look at the world around you. Like go yeah. interact with some other adults. I feel like this is a little bit of a technological problem too, because like our worlds are so isolated and specialized with our phones and our technology. Like you get everything the way you want it. And community is compromise and discomfort. And like you grow from that though. Like we were just talking about how, uh, we were in a coffee shop that had a big long table and it was, telling Shaylin, my mom used to take me to this restaurant that had a big long table to make me learn how to talk to different people and I used to get so irritated and annoyed with it and now I'm glad that I learned how to do that and it's that same concept like there's a lot of things that help you grow that are a little bit uncomfortable and if we just want to be comfortable all the time that has such far-reaching negative consequences for yeah our like I remember my mom one of my favorite little games to play was bank. I wanted to be a bank teller. And in the car, um, if we were parked somewhere or something, I would always open the glove box and that would be like my little teller return. I would put my little stuff in there and close the and say, okay, thank you. Talking out the window, like in front of me, like the tellers do. And, you know, I think a lot of that came from like when my mom took me to the bank, she made me do the talking or, you know, when I went to a restaurant, I ordered my own meals mm -hmm. and I, I was forced out and I think that's a good thing. Like there was yes. no hiding behind the legs. Mm -hmm. I even see kids that I teach who know me that when I see them out in public, they'll kind of hide by their parents. Like they don't know how to act. And I'm just like, really? This yeah. is crazy. And, and when I, when I am with kids, I like get them out. Like, even if I'm just babysitting, mm -hmm. if they act like that, I'm like, no, get off and say hello, you know? And it's not mean. It's like giving them the confidence that they can do that. Yeah. And, and I see a parent currently who does that like if the child goes to hide behind the legs they're like no right. come out and say hello and it's probably the most well-adjusted healthiest child and do they force her into moments of discomfort like that absolutely because they're teaching her that she has the ability to do those things if you let the kid hide behind your legs you're telling them oh no you can't do it and then they feel insecure and then it's like reinforced that they should be afraid of people and that's the same concept across the board like you're teaching them something all the time yeah. And I mean, not to say that anybody's perfect and we're always on our P's and Q's or, you know, doing everything correctly, but that's when I just say, even in my classroom or, you know, like if you screw up, just say, I'm sorry, that wasn't a very good example I was setting, you know, like, yes, it, it's so easy to fix it. And if you're a parent, you can do that too. Like we all screw up, Yes, but that's a good example. Like screwing up and owning it is a great way to be a leader. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. don't embrace what you screwed up. I teach them Admit, all the time you know? because they, they bump into each other or they'll say something mean. And I'm like, once that's out, that's not over. Like, right. if you said something mean, you can be like, you can look at the person's face and be like, whoa, I wish I didn't say that. I'm sorry. Are you okay? It's like, you can't take it back, but like, admit it that you hurt somebody. Like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, now I'm going to dive head first into being nasty all the time because I made one mistake. Yeah, and I also tell the other kids, you know, that, and I, I even embrace this as an adult for myself. Like, 
I always make the student apologize and tell, we talk about, you know, Hey, why, why is this something we should apologize for? Cause I don't mm-hmm. want apologizing to just be this silly habit we do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I want it to be meaningful. And yeah, some people don't believe in forcing apology, but I do. I do. Especially if you worked with kids all day, you'd have a totally different <laughs> but I feel like also, you know, I tell the other person, the victim, if you will, I say, you know, you don't have to, um, say it's okay. You can say, I accept your apology. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it was an accident when they stepped on your fingers or your toes, like it still hurt. Mm-hmm. So you could just say, Oh, I accept your apology. Thank you. But that doesn't, it's not okay. Yeah. You know, like you have to be careful with your words. Mm-hmm. Words really shape little humans and even adults. I mean, words hurt adults just the same. We're just more formed that mm-hmm. we can reject things we don't want better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But that's for well, sure. That was a good rant. It was. I like that one. I really went on with that one. (laughs) Cathartic. (laughs) Yeah. So off to doing it better. So I, I am actually budgeting and, you know, doing all the things that we talked about last time, but I have purchased a few things because I really want to get in this role of like doing reviews because I only, none of this is sponsored by the way. I don't think any of these people even know we exist, but I, we need to get on that. I, know. Need, <laughs> uh, I need to contact these people and be like, hey, hey, we got a really interesting podcast. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I ordered this Stojo, which is a collapsible coffee cup. And while I always try to bring my reusable cup, mug, you know, water bottle, whatever. She also brings napkins and plates. She's I do have a plate. She's very good. It's unfortunately not fitting in my purse the way I dreamed that it would, but... <laughs> I do take it out of town with me, um, especially if I'm going to get like take out or something, her. you know, and I was very convicted, um, but I, uh, I do try to do those things, but I, um, I sometimes find myself when I, that I don't have an option. Like I don't keep a tumbler in my purse or car in general. Um, I just take it with me when I know I'm going somewhere. So what I liked about this is that it collapses so I can always keep it in my purse. It's only two inches thick. So two inches in depth. Um, so it easily slides into like a bag or purse or even your pocket. And then that way I don't always have to worry about remembering to bring an option. Um, I always have one and I love that it's dishwasher safe, leak proof, and it comes with a removable straw. I got the biggie one. It's called uh, 16 ounce biggie. Um, I like that. And, yeah. And, um, it also has like a tab lid that keeps the heat in and it also comes with a heat sleeve. So it keeps the heat from transferring to your hand too much, but it does come in an eight, 12, 16, and then like a 24 Titan ounce. Um, and I'll report back on its awesomeness, but I'm think I'm predicting correctly that this is going to be great. It was made by three dads who would, you know, drink a lot of coffee when they were getting their kids ready and then realized that they, you know, were out and about. And once they were finished with their coffee, they wanted to not have to carry around the, the mug, you know, mm, yeah. so they would collapse it and put it in their coffee or put it in their coffee, put it in their pocket. And then they could just kind of go on about their day. So I really thought, Hey, that's like an awesome thing. Not lo- a lot of women have huge pockets to stick things in, but it would easily, you know, put <laughs> in your purse. I think that all the time at work. Like I wish I had pockets. I know. I used to work with this lady who wore an apron, like a, a, mm-hmm. uh, what's it like a Home Depot apron, you know, that had pockets. And I think, you know, she looked really silly, but I'm picking up what she's putting down. Yeah, for sure. So I get it. Especially on the playground with these four-year-olds I'm with now. I'm like, I need a snot rag. I know. I need snot rags. I need, you know, a band-aid, sanitizer, which mm-hmm. I have like a safety bag, but 
yeah. make the kids carry that. But yeah, so I'll get back to you. I bought a 16 ounce and I bought the 24 Titan ounce. So we'll see. Yeah, how I'm excited that works out. to see how that works out because I do a lot better with my water. I don't mind carrying my water bottle around because I, but coffee cups I struggle with because I don't, I drink a lot of coffee and I don't have a travel mug I really like. Mm -hmm. And I have that same problem. It's like, I feel like I end up with these dirty coffee travel mugs everywhere and <laughs> dragging them all back inside to wash them is pretty inconvenient to me. I feel like if I had a collapsible one, that would be helpful because I could just rinse it out and be done with it right then. Yeah. Um, and, but still have it with me because sometimes I, I want it again in the afternoon. So I like that idea. I hope that works out and I might try one too. So my do it better this week is um, an email subscription that I find myself consistently not only keeping when I clean out everything, but I read it almost every time. And like from start to finish, I really like it. It's called uh, Smarter Living. It's from the New York Times. Um, I put the link in the show notes. You can sign up. It's free. And they do heavy and light topics. Like it's real varied in what they address. Like one time it might be like how to handle families at the holidays. And another time it might be like what's the best uh, phone charger to use. But I feel like it's always super practical and timed well. Like it's always these applicable things I can use like tomorrow that just streamline everything I really like it so check it out yeah also if you're into things is that free yes okay also if you're into current events but maybe you don't have time to like watch the news and stay on top of it all um, I recommend the skim.com it's these two gals and I think they're in New York or something like that and they um, they send you a morning email that has like all the current events going on and um, they just send it to you in a one-sheet document um, that you can just kind of scroll and get it all. And, um, it's really quick, but it keeps you up to date. Um, I like that. So definitely you could check that out too. Cool. We'll put that down on the notes as well. All right. We're into this. So obviously I'm into the coffee smoothie cup that I just said, but since that's also a way I'm doing it better for single waste, I decided that I would put that in that area and then talk about how much I'm into doodling and coloring. I'm so surprised by this. I love it. I never thought it would be me. But I know. Wow. I didn't either. Um, I like to go to the Doodle Art Alley. It's a website and get ideas for doodling because um, I wouldn't say that I'm naturally creative. Um, but by way of doodling anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I like to get ideas from there and also print off the pages and color or to color and I even give them to my students and coworkers for relaxation ideas. And they have a huge gallery. It's all free. They have, gosh, they have all the holidays, inspirational quotes. Um, in fact, I uh, let my students, or I colored them, and I'm going to frame them and let my students um, sign the mat that goes around them. I did that a few years ago um, with a different type of coloring thing. It's a really cheap gift, but it's really meaningful um, to the specialist teachers at our school. So if you have somebody in your life that, you know, or maybe you're just on a budget or don't want to spend a lot of money or something like that, then you could definitely um, print some stuff off the out, color it nicely. But yeah, I never thought that would be me, but you can even buy their books on um, their website, I think, and also Amazon. And, um, I'm also really into, even though I'm done with it, I'm into the cactus by Sarah Haywood. I think I mentioned that last time, but now I'm done with it and it's amazing. And I also just finished up. You think it, I'll say it by Curtis Sittenfield, Sittenfield and, um, the cactus is by Sarah Haywood and the cactus is really similar. Well, I won't say it's similar, but if you liked Eleanor 
elephant, then you'll definitely gonna love the cactus. Oh, I loved Eleanor. And elephant. it's a really good book. I think you're really gonna like it. And Ooh, I'm excited. Also, I think that um, Curtis Sittenfeld, her book is "You Think It, I'll Say It," and she has like. Um, I think it's 10 short stories um, that are um, put together. And, and it's just kind of nice because when you read one story and then you're done, you, you know, like they're not connected. Mm-hmm. So um, I love definitely short stories. check it out. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's not like most things I read. So I really I'm gonna enjoyed it. I'm going to add something while we're talking because it made me think of it. The Bitter Southerner has a new volume out and it's short stories. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's I like theirs for that same reason you're saying. Like it's like a little bit... You can read a little bit, and then you can start, pick back up whenever you feel like it. You don't have to, like, commit to a whole book, really. Right. I love that. I love the, the coloring pages thing, because, you know, some years I've had classes that, like, have zero interest in coloring, and this year my class is all about a coloring page. They're like, do we have a new one? Because we've been giving them, like, new themed ones. They're like, where's the new ones? You know, like, if I forget. And yeah. I've, in the past I had classes that, like, hated it, and this group will sit and they're like, very well, I will say the doodles are very um, fine. They use like a fine pen to do it, so it's easier to color with colored pencils because mm-hmm. it's kind of you know it's real busy. That's, but not all of them are super these busy. These kids, so. for how small they are, especially, I'm surprised they want the colored pencils. They they like, want me to sharpen them. They want the skinny markers. They're like all about it. Well, that'll be great because it'll be easier to color in. Yeah, sure. they, this group. Now I've had groups in the past that are way older that have zero interest, but <laughs> <laughs> this class, man, they're about it. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, so my Intuit thing right now is Christmas, <laughs> especially the time of year that I get to indulge in all the Christmas mu- movies on every viewing platform and oh I'm really loving it. Yeah. I'm so ready for snow too. There's rumors that it might happen today day. or tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Which we did have one just last week. Did you? Didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm ready for snow and also I've already done a lot of my Christmas shopping and I gave myself permission. You know, last year I kind of started, but this year I really gave myself permission to um do simple Christmas gifts. Amen. Um and it's been so much more enjoyable. Like I think this minimalist approach to gift giving has made me both enjoy giving and receiving more. Like I just let myself make it easier. I don't have to have so much pressure to get this perfect gift and uh or overspend like I spend within reason about what I can afford and not worry about what how that's going to be viewed um I think it's so much more enjoyable so if you I'm just like really into it this year like it's funny because it sounds like oh you're you're not as it like you you you've made it easier so you're less into it but actually I've been like so much more into the gift giving because I well you have to think about it more if if you're not going to just go out and get something crazy Exactly. So I've like made it, I don't know, I've made it mine, I guess, in a way that I haven't in the past. And so I've really enjoyed my gift shopping this year, even though I probably spent way less and like, it's a lot simpler. I feel like that's, you know, me. And that's part of the gift giving thing is relationship. It's like, this is my gift to you. It's like sort of bespeaks my personality too. And so um, I've just really enjoyed like shopping for and wrapping presents this year whereas the past several years it was stressful and I did not enjoy it so I'm into simple minimalist gift giving and Christmas yeah I um I well we're both on this page like being a minimalist or focusing on essentialism you know whatever you want to call it I don't want 
stuff, Mm -hmm. really, unless I'm going to use it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But it's also, it is hard. And I mean, even the minimalists talk about this. Like, it's hard to persuade other people, um, like family members and older people especially, that you don't want stuff because you don't want to be rude and they don't always, like, respond, you know? Mm -hmm. Or they feel like you don't want what they've been giving you kind of stuff. And it's not that. It's just, I don't need extra stuff to take care of or to take up space or, Mm -hmm. you know, any of those things. So, Well, and um, somebody I know, like, heard about this but wasn't sold on it and wrapped my gift in a a napkin mm -hmm. that was also something I would really like, a cloth. Right. I was going to... I have that, too. Whenever I... I always... Anytime I use fabric, I save the extra fabric and then I um, use it to wrap, like, gifts if I have it. And, and like, yeah. you know, I already gave Melina her gift because I just couldn't wait. But I didn't use any <laughs> tissue paper this year. And yeah. I used a paper bag. And, yeah, it doesn't look as cute, but it's also, you know, better. So, it just... I still think it looks cute. That's what I was trying to say. It's, like, there's something about it that's, like, more meaningful to me. Yeah. And, like... Not that I don't like a cutely wrapped thing sometimes, because that can be meaningful too. Like I got you that towel. I could have just not put it in a bag at all. I could have put the earrings inside the towel and then folded up the towel yeah, and then the wrapped it. Yeah, the bag is like what you string or whatever else in, probably. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's not. You know that to me, I knew that about you. I know that you were probably like reusing for the Earth's sake. So it has that meaning attached, which is the whole point of a gift in the first place. Like, yeah, if you're giving to a really creative person that appreciates the presentation and like that's half the thing for them. Like that kind of is the gift. Then we're probably not friends. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like if that's yeah. part of it, I kind of understand that too. Right. But you know, just remember the purpose of it, I guess it's supposed yeah. to be a meaningful thing. And just don't make it complicated for yourself. Yes. That was another thing. Like when I gave myself permission to make it easier, I actually put in more effort and enjoyed it more. Versus mm-hmm. when I was pressuring myself, make it, making it too hard, and then I hated it. And it's surely not a heartfelt thing at that point when I'm, like, feeling obligated, so. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that guitar is hard. <laughs> <laughs> My fingers always hurt when I'm playing, and I, I, you know, I'm a newbie, so I don't have calluses built up yet. But they are starting to form a little bit. I'm, like looking at my fingers right now and I have a little bit starting to form um but I love how it feels when I play something correctly and my teacher like notices (laughs) and currently I'm learning how to play Tom Petty's Free Fallen this is my first song and while it's a fairly simple song um chord wise I only know the three chords well I know other chords but not how to put them together so um uh that's a big deal so I'm a total newbie and it's it's just super challenging for me and I don't want to sound like a jerk because we've kind of had the giftedness talk before I think but um I haven't had a lot of things in life that were mentally challenging for me um outside of the creative art type stuff abstract yes abstract things are very challenging for me because I'm a very like logical concrete thinker and um <laughs> let me just tell you Versus my concrete, me, I can't get anything literal like go to the wrong Starbucks today thinking <laughs> predisposition so like when I mess up and have to start and replay and do it 50 times I get super frustrated but then when I'm finished that frustration feels still annoying but it also like <laughs> feels good like I've accomplished I something did it so I've never played a musical instrument instead except for like the recorder and sixth grade chorus um so 
I did not know what to expect, but I'm finding it to be a good match for me. And I was just thinking that it was crazy that I waited so long to do something I really wanted to do. I've always been a fan of like country Western music. Um, I guess predominantly, I guess that's what I was raised on too. Um, but I've just kind of always had a hobby going on like soccer until I was in my early twenties or, you know, and then, you know, I was taking ASL classes to get certified in that. And then I took some Spanish when I was living in Knoxville and that was a complete disaster. None of that stuck with me at all. <laughs> and I love to read and travel, but, um, it's just kind of interesting that guitar like doodling and coloring is so different for me and so challenging in a whole different way that I just kind of wanted to encourage everyone to branch out and try something new that might kind of push you out of your comfort zone yeah. um, because if you <laughs> everything gets harder the older you are and <laughs> I'm so not true. even old yet but like this is my 35th year on the planet <laughs> and you know my teacher even said he's like well you're not old but you know it's a lot of people I mean I literally go to guitar lessons at the Asheville Music School, like Music School of Asheville, and I'm like in there with kids that I've taught or kids that I teach currently or like other kids I know, and they're all like seven, so, and they, you know, there's even like four-year-olds playing the piano and stuff like that, so yeah, I mean, you do kind of feel a little bit um, old when you go in these places, <laughs> but it's just, you know, there's also a 70-year-old that's learning how to play the cello, and yeah. so it's, you know, it, I won't say it's balanced, you're definitely going to be some of the older people in the room. But it's just really cool to learn something that's challenging in a whole new way. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely experienced that in exercise. Even though it's yeah. not new exactly, it's just consistently a challenge for me. And um, I finally went to the gym before work this week, and it was so awesome that now I'm going to do it three days a week, like in the morning. That's nice, too, because you get to go to work a little later now. Yes, yes. Which I, said was, which I said was great about the schedule, but I didn't follow through. I thought that was awesome and I did it this week. So um, as much time as I've been in gyms, they're still really uncomfortable for me <laughs> and a good way for me to stretch myself mentally. Like it takes a lot of effort for me to do that and it helps me to remember what I'm asking my students <laughs> of when I'm pushing them all the time. That's Yeah, me too. To be in a situation where I'm pushing regularly. The gym has like never been a comfort zone for me in any way, shape or form. And so... Um, Is it one of those with the mirrors all around? It's a Planet Fitness, oh, okay. which is still better than other gyms, but gyms are just hard for me. I feel like uh, it's a good hard, though. Yeah. So um, it also makes me more patient when I work off some energy first thing in the morning because I can be kind of um, intense, I guess. And I, I like exercising in the morning. It helps me. We're both really good with intensity. <laughs> different kinds, but yes. Uh, it helps me be like more balanced like normal acting person when I exercise first thing. So I'm really glad that I'm yeah, got, you know, that first step. Cause I feel like a lot of times that's the hardest part. It's like, Oh, I can't get up early. Well, yes you can. It's not that hard. It's really not that early either compared to what you've gotten up for years in the past for work. Like you can do it for yourself now. Yeah. And once I did it too, I realized it wasn't that bad at all. So, but that's, that's definitely like... still a challenge for me to get myself into the gym because yeah. it's hard. Me too. The winter is really hard. Like with running, um, I'm still doing it, but I've slacked off because if it's cold and rainy, it's so hard and it's so much colder in the morning than it is when I get <laughs> home from school. <laughs> and in this, I, I mean, I don't think I actually have seasonal affective disorder, so I'm definitely not making light of that because I have a friend that has that and it's super serious, but I do feel like when it gets dark early and it's cold and rainy, it just makes me want to go in like hibernation mode. Yes. 
I'm I super lazy and I'm, sure. yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's already six o'clock. <laughs> I gotta go to bed. I know. <laughs> and then I'm like, you can't do that. You'll wake up at two thirty and like be rested. So yeah, it, it's definitely a hard balance to navigate, but I'm, I'm proud of you. Thanks. That's good. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as a send off, I just wanted to say, I think I'll speak on behalf of both of us, Yeah. um, that, you know, we hope you have a few days this week to get to spend some time with people who mean a lot to you. And we hope that you actually tell them that they do. Um, I also hope that they tell you how much you mean to them, because I think we take those things for granted in life a lot. And it's amazing how nice it feels when someone tells you how much they value you. Aw, wait, I value you I so value much. I value you too. We sounded like we were just mocking, but no. we're not. We do value each other a lot. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, a good meal, a drink, depending on how difficult your family is, and <laughs> pumpkin pie or whatever your dessert of choice is, is awesome. But also just being with the people that you enjoy and having a few days off to relax and revive the limpness that you might, you know, feel from work or financial, holiday, health, fitness, marital, relationship stress, or any of the other things that might be weighing on you. Um, we hope that you take it easy carve out some time for you and spend some time in gratitude. And I know that's so much easier said than done because shitty times happen. And, um, I just wanted to kind of encourage everyone that sometimes this time of year is also really shitty in itself because you see other people like really loving life and all these big smiles on their face. And maybe you're going through some sort of challenge that you just don't feel that way right now. And, um, I just wanted to let you know that shitty times get better. And during the holidays, like I said, can be shitty, sad times as well, but, um, they can also be awesome and motivating. So even if you're spending this holiday by yourself or you're traveling for work or something like that, carve out some time for you, do something you enjoy. And I hope that everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. And my little tidbit is don't put too much pressure on yourself for the holidays. Just remember to keep it simple. Yeah. Do what you love and just take some time for you. And we thank you for listening, and we appreciate you. And yes, thank you. <laughs> we do. I value if you. If it weren't for you, we would just be talking to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Which Thanks sometimes we kind of are, so tell your friends about us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we do appreciate you coming back each, um, every other week. <laughs> and um, we hope that you found a little nugget or pebble of interest or maybe even some inspiration from our chit-chat that we love to do together. So let us know if you have suggestions or other comments that we were just thinking on Instagram. And we're also on Facebook that we were just thinking. Um, I don't guess you say at for Facebook. You just look us up. We were just thinking. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not really up on the Facebook. I don't think a lot of people use Facebook now. It's Instagram kind of. Oh, well, cool. I'm yeah. getting cooler then. Yeah, you are. <laughs> the 10 years I wasn't on Facebook, I was not cool. But, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for giving us nice ratings. I've been on a few flat platforms and um, I've seen some reviews that you guys have left for us. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, that's so awesome. It really yeah. helps us grow, um, we think. And <laughs> when other people read your reviews, it really, you know, makes them think, hey, I should check this out. And, um, that's just kind of how two gals in North Carolina are going to grow. So thanks for using, um, the gift of voice and sh sharing the news about us and, and we appreciate you. So until, until next time, time, be authentically you without apology. apology.